Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. Usually, I would say that next to me, on that side, is Mr. AJ Williams. But today, we have a brand new Greens in the place, Mr. Hartway Campbell of the Collective Bargaining Podcast. AJ is currently um, enjoying the celebrations of his birthday. That was last week. And he was not able to join us this week. So, Mr. Campbell has so graciously agreed to join us and take his place today. How are you doing, Hatsway? Hey, thank you very much, man. It's, it's an honor to be on the podcast. Um, you know, we've, we've had you on, on on our podcast called The Collective Bargaining Podcast. But, um, you know, in the back of my mind, while we had you on that show, I was like, you know what? I got to get on that podcast one way or another. For sure. Um, I was this close to begging my co-host, you know, <laughs> so I, I just want to point that out, but I, it's an honor to be here, um, you know, and uh, it's kind of sad that, but at the same time, happy birthday to the co-host uh, mm-hmm. who can't be here to, today with us. But uh, again, um, thankful to be here. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. We are very happy that you could join us this week. And don't worry, this will not be the last time you're here. We have to make sure that you are here when AJ is here. So that, you know, we can go two wide on the green side and I'll just hold it down on the beige side and it'll all be <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that, you know. Uh, you know, the only downside to that is that sometimes we Bears fans can become punch- punching bags. Uh, so, you know, because of our team. Um, you know, when you have no protection of the, you know, of your quarterback, then you become, you become easy pickings for other fans, you know, so it is true. Um, so it, it's one of those things, but yeah, thankful to be here, man. Of course. No, as you said, as a Bears fan, and you had mentioned to me before that you're living in Chicago. So yes, yes, I do am. you back all of the Chicago teams? Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Um, it's a strange dynamic, but I firmly believe that uh, you have to be a supporter of things in your region, in your city. You know, you have to, you, you're pulled to that. So when I came to Chicago, I used to, let's put it this way, I used to live outside in another city, um, but in the state for mm-hmm. eight years. Then when I finally moved to Chicago, um, at the time, I was supporting none of the teams in the city, to be clear. I didn't like the Bears. Mm-hmm. I was a Patriots fan. I didn't like the Chicago Bulls. I was a LeBron fan, pretty much. And, you know, and in, in terms of I wouldn't even look at the, the soccer or football, depending on where you are in the world, I wouldn't look at those teams, you know, the Chicago Fire that we have here. Mm-hmm. As of today, you know, because of me firmly believing in those things, um, of supporting your local teams. I am a Chicago Bulls fan. I am a uh, Chicago Bears fan. And I am a season's ticket holder for the Chicago Fire. So, and <laughs> wow. I'm at every game. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's me because I, I love the city. I love the flag. I love the people. You know, I've, it was my reason for moving here, right? Because mm-hmm. it, you can immerse yourself in everything, the culture. It was just so much, you know, while I like my friends in New York, I'm just mm-hmm. not a fan of New York teams. And, and <laughs> to me, it's too much like, you know, seeing people from home. We always say that, right? When you're in New York, you feel like, man, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. in the Caribbean, you know? Yeah. So for me, and I know it's much larger than that, but yeah. So for me, Chicago is where it's at. And I embrace that and all the teams that come with it. You know, there's some pain with that, but, 
you know, of we course. definitely, you know, we take <laughs> that, we take it, we take it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely a support of the Bears, you know, um, and uh, all the teams. Okay. Well, I mean, the way how you put it, I guess it's only a matter of time before I find myself rooting for the Broncos, but that <laughs> that may be a while yet because I was very much entrenched in my Saints fandom when I moved here. So it's a little difficult you now for me to, to move off of that. But right, it, right. You know, we can right. never say never, especially Absolutely. when we're looking at all of the craziness that's been happening in this offseason. No, it's, it's been insane. a little quieter. Over your end, um, I haven't really heard much about the Bears this offseason, but yeah. I know for sure it must feel good that you guys are not chasing a quarterback for once. Yeah, um, it it feels good, you know, is, is what I would say. Um, you know, we finally feel like we have a talented quarterback, you know, and that goes a long way in saying because we've really, uh, you know, have dealt with a lot of pain over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes beyond years. It goes almost, when you look now, it's, it, you could say it's a decade worth of, you know, I would say quarterbacks that have really been second string that have been play, paid maximum dollars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think sometimes the fans in Chicago see a guy talk up all the talk embrace the culture and they feel like this is the one Mm -hmm. it's a it's a large it's let me let me put it this way chicago is the largest of all the the bigger markets with the least expectation you go to la and as a star you enter the la market you're only as good as your last game Mm -hmm. you know you go to new york even though new york is not necessarily a winning culture, you know, mm-hmm. over there for some of the teams that they have, um, other than the Yankees. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your last game. You look at the Knicks, et cetera. You look at the the Jets, et cetera, how they treat their quarterbacks um, and, and others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're only as good as your last game. There's a high level of expectation that comes with, you know, the the, the teams and the fans that are there. And Chicago, across a lot of the sports teams, I cannot explain it. But the expectations, especially with some of these quarterbacks over the last few years that have, you know from the eye test that that's not the one, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And the fans will stick. Now, that could be a good thing because the fans do stick by them. You know, once a selection is made, they'll mm-hmm. boo them in the draft. They'll <laughs> boo them when the trade is made, mm-hmm. Right. But after that, once the game time comes, they'll embrace them. And that's a gift and a curse at the same time because it means that once you have a bad selection, you're stuck with that selection for a lot Mm -hmm. of years to come. Mm Chicago is the same team that passed on many legendary quarterbacks you see today. Yep. You know, Kansas City. I'm just pointing that out. You know, so I'm not going to call his name because every time I call his name, it brings pain to my ears, to my <laughs> mind. They skipped on him in the draft. I will never recover from that. I'm sorry to say. But anyways, um, I feel like with, with Justin, we have a player to build around. Someone that has potential. How much potential? I think he can be a top five quarterback wow. in the okay. league. Mm-hmm. I say potential. I mm-hmm. want to really 
taper my reaction here and and make sure that you know I I I'm very careful because I don't want to come back on the show later on <laughs> and be held to it too much here. I don't think he can be the top quarterback in the league, especially with the talent currently that we have in the league. But I think his potential and his age, given that I think there's a possibility, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chicago has made some moves. They, they've, they've really stepped up. Um, you know, they've signed a wide receiver um, in Pringle. They've uh, signed two right wide receivers, as you know. They've signed Saint Brown and Pringle. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, I think, what they're going to be doing though is because, as you know, they have to work on their offensive line. That's been the main cornerstone of all the issues uh, surrounding our quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. Even when we had Khalil right here in our team, and everyone was excited, there were problems on the offensive side, you know, and. That is a major hindrance right now in a squad. Now, you'll notice that Chicago hasn't really made much signings, um, mm-hmm. if you look at it, and not much, not many long-term signings. A lot of one-year deals like Carson, um, defensive back. You'll see Morrow as well, who's been signed. Um, so, and, and, and really just a lot of short-term deals. I think the longest deal outside of Pringles was Lucas Patrick. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think... That's, uh, you know, really it from there. I think what Chicago is going to be doing, because remember, going into the season, into the offseason, you have really roughly in what's different about this compared to other sports like we do with the NBA. Whereas you have really one round of a blitz of trades going in, and then you have really guys who are not signed in the league coming on and, sh- and signing short-term deals. You have really three waves here with with you know, football, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still, even though despite not making an early deal, I think there there's your draft, but you also have two other waves of deals that you can start signing that mm-hmm. can really help your team. So I'm not panicking yet. Um, I still think that there's room for improvement um, in those signings. I think they're going to go to the draft to really work on the line, um, that offensive line, because that's really where... Um, we need some work. I think they're not going to sign any more players for um, their, uh, their, their really the wide receiver area. But I think what you're going to really see is more the offensive line. I think they're going to go to young talent in the draft. I think we don't have any first round picks, um, but I think they're going to have second round picks that they can work with. And I think that's where they're going to start targeting guys that can really protect the quarterback. Um, that's going to be key. Now, if mm-hmm. we don't see that, and if we don't see any follow-ups here in the second and third waves here coming into the offseason, I think what you're going to start seeing is a, is a panic. But I firmly believe in our new GM. I think Ryan Poles has talent. I think we believe in him from what we had to go through. I think you listen to the statements. And I'm a guy, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, and be, you know, me coming in from the Collective Bargaining Podcast, what I want to say is shut me down if you want to move on to the next topic, because I will keep talking about these bears. Okay. So um, you look at the new coach, right. That, that uh, replaced Matt Nagy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness. Um, Matt uh, Herbal Fluss is, is, is a guy that has come out. He's more defensive minded, right. 
Now, Matt Nagy was known for calling defensive plays, even though that wasn't his, his forte. Mm-hmm. And it, it always worked out in some of the most terrible ways that you could ever imagine a team playing when you really needed critical plays to pull your team forward in close matches. Um, Matt, how Matt has distanced himself from Nagy. Uh, and it's ironic that both of them are called Matt. That's why I'm backing away from using the name. But uh, he said he won't be calling actually defensive plays throughout the season. He will leave it to his coordinator to really run those plays. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really a resounding, uh, you know, positive coming from the coaching staff that you are going to let your delegated staff and specialists run the team as it should be. It's the most effective and efficient way. The greatest coaches in football, that's the way they've run it. It's its down to a science at this point. It's a mature game. And it's positive to see that, hear that. Chicago needs to get back to system-level football, to where you can just plug and play players, and you still perform great. That's what I love to see in sports. You know, um, I love the the star that can carry. That's always a Cinderella story. But in football, it's it's so much people on a roster. You can't pull things off that way. You have to build a system that works. And I think now that we have a coach that's coming in that has openly said, guys, yes, I'm a defensive-minded specialist, mm-hmm. but I am not going to intervene. I'm going to take part and and delegate this job to the specialists that are here to run the show. And, you know, we have Gretzky, I think, on offense, who's going to be running the offense for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you let him do his job, I think we can really pull games together. Um, I do not want to see Aaron Rodgers at Soldier Field, a field that I'm at, I'm at almost every other week, saying, this is my house. People don't understand how deeply that cuts fans. Okay, when I watch that on TV, I'm like, are these players serious? Is he serious? Like that it if this was football slash soccer, a fan would have run onto the field and probably yeah. knocked him over. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's on T national TV in Chicago mm-hmm. at Soldier Field saying, This is my house. Yeah, I this own you. Wild. I own, my I own you. I own you. That it's madness. And I do not want to see that this season at all. Well, we shall see. We should definitely see what happens. A lot definitely. more needs to be done um, during the rest of this offseason so that, you know, good times can return to the Windy City. Only time will tell. But that you've given us a great insight into what's happening in Chicago and the Bears. Yeah. And I yeah. definitely do appreciate that for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. So yeah. now, the biggest news over this past week has been the trade of Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans (laughs) to the Cleveland Browns. The news of this trade went from Cleveland, New Orleans, Carolina, and Atlanta were all in to Cleveland was out, then Carolina was out, and it was down to NOLA and Atlanta. Only then for Cleveland to suddenly be back in and winning the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Now, this trade package is astronomical. Three first-round picks over the next three seasons, a 2022 fourth-round pick, a 2023 third-round pick, and a 2024 fourth-round pick in exchange for Watson 
and a 2024 sixth round pick. Now, while there is one clear loser in this deal, which is Baker yeah. Mayfield, yeah. both teams can feel like winners, and Deshaun definitely won with a fully guaranteed $230 million contract over five years. Now, there's a lot to unpack in this situation, not least of all the looming suspension that Deshaun is expected to get whenever the NFL decides to adjudicate on his 22 civil cases that are still pending. So yeah. when you look at this entire trade and situation, you know, what do you make of it? Um, you know, and, and this goes layers deep, you know, because at, at you know, what I want to say is that if indeed he um, so he's avoided criminal charges, but it's key to note that he still has civil lawsuits in place. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of them. It's 22. Yep. That's no slouch. Now, I don't even know at this point, there's still a lot of, uh, I think, there's still a lot of backlash happening in Cleveland as we speak. Mm -hmm. uh, because despite a lot of players speaking out against Baker May Mayfield, and that's why I said, let, let's discuss uh, this in layers, because it is huge from a package standpoint, mm -hmm. from a fan standpoint, you know, from a player standpoint as well. So I'm, I'm going to discuss from a player standpoint first. Mm -hmm. um, biggest loser, you said it was Baker May Mayfield. Mm -hmm. A lot of players have complained that he is just not an elite quarterback, you know, and sure. we've seen signs of that. We've mm -hmm. seen uh, evidence of that mm -hmm. uh, from his teammates who are no longer with him, right? Uh, video packages from, you know, uh, from former players there. and mm -hmm. Our fathers. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's clear that he's not the future. And what we've heard from, you know, the, the news is that he's put in a trade request. He's yes. written to the fans he has, um, I mean, in a way, he has a, a right to, to feel disgusted with the situation because mm -hmm. this is a massive risk by a team that has you starting, that has put their faith in you over the past few seasons. And, you know, I, I think that it, it's in a way from a player's standpoint, I get a sense that if he was not privy to this, at all, if this came as a surprise, I can share some understanding, regardless of his performances. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm going to move to the fan perspective where I would say that I agree if I'm the Cleveland Browns and I have a guy on the table, um, I keep Baker Mayfield in the mix because they've declined his trade request, by the way. And I keep him on a table and I take, I roll the dice on Deshaun Watson. Yes, 22 civil lawsuits, but I still keep Mayfield in the mix, mm -hmm. right? Because he's still, as, as of right now, because we don't know where he stands, Mayfield is still the starting quarterback, right? We know he's going to be suspended. We just don't know for how long. Mm -hmm. We don't know what the consequences of those civil lawsuits are. Now, in civil lawsuits, I believe... Usually the outcome is more monetary than it is prison time, so to speak. Well, there is no prison time in the civil. The, right. If the grand jury had indicted him, then right. he would have been looking at jail. Then it would be looking at that. So we're looking at more monetary uh, circumstances, right? And mm -hmm. another thing, too, is Cleveland is, is a very, I want to say, conservative, uh, has a conservative base. Let's put it that way. 
And there is understandable, I, I, I want to be careful here because this is a very sensitive topic for many people. Yes. And it, it is a very sensitive topic. So you can understand many people, even from outside of the state, supporters, not even of the team and groups coming together to make it very hard marketing wise for that team to get off the ground now that they've made the trade. But the trade is over and done with. They've made their intentions mm-hmm. and they want to make him their quarterback. And from a performance standpoint, as a fan, you know, behind that outrage, some of the fans that look at just the plays on the field are super excited because they know what this guy can do. Mm-hmm. And what we want to see from Deshaun is if he is, let's say he is guilty from a civil standpoint, I think he needs to go on an, an apology and reform campaign while he obliterates the competition if he's allowed to play. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have to do that. You know, so I would like to see him play. I would like to see him play. As I said, you're better, you're better, to, you know, and let me put it this way. To me, you're better in the process of reforming yourself to be free to be doing what you're best at and to be helping others and to be locked behind closed doors and to be suffering, especially with the platform that you have. Now, I, I say that carefully. Some people this, you know, deserve to be behind cl- closed bars, you know, mm-hmm. but others, depending on what it is, the circumstances, and if you're found not guilty on criminal charges, I believe use your platform in the right way to influence others to do the right thing, you know, and, and work towards common goals. And I think Cleveland did the right thing. I see if he performs at the level that he did for Houston in Cleveland and he is able to, to do it at the highest level, after this year, you're not going to be hearing complaints from Cleveland fans. Yeah, that's for sure. rejoicing. Yeah. Yeah, no, when I look at this situation, there's there are a few things that did come to mind. You touched on a couple of them. Yeah. Now, one of the things that is interesting to note, but it is not surprising. It's not surprising to me. And I'm pretty sure everyone who has heard this or has not heard it will hear it now for the first time. Right. That none of the teams, so the Browns, the Falcons, the Panthers, even my Saints, none of them contacted the attorney who was um, responsible for these lawsuits or any of the women involved to talk about what happened to get their side of the story. Because when we're talking about football teams and football players, quarterbacks are a scarcity yeah. and any team is going to do whatever they can to get a new quarterback, to yeah, put themselves in a the position to make themselves better and hopefully yeah be in position to win a trophy. Yeah. The fans know this as well. And there are some notable people, um, fans that have come out and said that, well, basically they are no longer fans of the Cleveland Browns because yeah. they have traded yeah. for Deshaun. Now, yeah. at this time, we know that the grand jury has declined to prosecute him on any of these counts. Yeah, yeah. So... No, the civil cases have to come up and whereas the criminal goes beyond the shadow of reasonable doubt, civil cases go according to the preponderance of evidence. Yeah, And yeah. Deshaun has been very vocal in, in proclaiming his innocence from the beginning. We still don't know. So even the fans that are upset that the Browns have 
gotten him. Or have I think they need him. to. Yeah, I agree. I agree yeah, with that they, point. They, they don't know. So until all the facts come out, all of us are still just going to be waiting to hear and see what happens. But as you said, your point is well made that that's them. They will probably protest Deshaun for the first six or eight games that oh, yeah. he plays. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But after those, if they go six and zero oh, or eight and zero oh, in the games that he's played, he's played well. I mean, they've brought in Amari Cooper, and yep. they still have a very good run game. They've, they've yeah. done a lot with that team to build it up to the point where it was pretty much a quarterback away. Yeah. If Deshaun yeah. Watson is able to take them all the way to winning the Lombardi Trophy, I, they can, they are not going to be protesting when no, they're no, having no, they're, the parade. They're not, so they're not. They're not. Yeah. Is is a difficult situation. It's a very delicate situation and there are lots of moving parts. Yeah. We can only just wait and see yep. how all of this goes. If if he wins a civil case, I think, you know, you, you cannot be out there protesting, you know, um, anything at all. Because if, if a guy wins his civil case, if he's proven innocent in any criminal charges, then I think you have to leave it alone. I think yep. you have to respect that. Yeah, you just um, you just let it go. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. The, I there agree. are those that are still saying that, you know, when we look at cases of this nature, and a lot of times things don't go according to how they're supposed to go. Like, right. people could be guilty, right. but because of the evidence, they still get off. That is another That is another conversation for the legal experts to handle. Exactly, we, exactly. That is not for us on our little sports podcast. So I agree. I agree. I think we can leave Deshaun and the Browns there for now. And yeah. as we get more information, then we'll definitely bring them back up again. Absolutely. Now, we're going to play a brand new game based on all of the activity that we've seen this off season. We're going to pick and choose a few spots because if we try to do all of them, we'll be here all day. So we're asking if these moves that they've made make them a contender or a pretender. Right. Now, this is another edition of the way too early predictions. But <laughs> before the draft, before training camp, right. and after teams have spent and spent big in some cases, we take oh, a yeah. look oh, yeah. at them Absolutely. specifically. And, and then we think of if these moves shift the needle for any of them as contenders for the division, the conference, or the Super Bowl, or if they will just fall by the wayside. So first up is Mr. Tom Brady, who mm. seemed to have given up football for length, as he was literally gone 40 days and 40 nights before announcing he was returning to play once again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, citing unfinished business. We don't yet know what Rob Gronkowski is going to do as, at the time of this taping. He's still a free agent. But Leonard Fournette is back. So, Tampa Bay, contender or pretender? You know, I, I'm going to go with definitely contender. Um, and again, that's going to come back to the guys resigning to the team. Um, you you have to recognize that Tampa was going into a, a gray area um, where you couldn't really tell what the team was going to be. You had guys like Gronk. You had guys that um, Perriman and all these other guys that... You weren't really sure about that that would actually come back to the team. But now you're hearing about a lot of guys, no question at all, Tom's calling them and actually, um, you know, working things out, you know, making sure that he can get the same squad back out there on the field. Um, 
you know, and I think that immediately makes them contenders again. It's not, I think it's behind the scenes is what the, the after effect, the ripple effect, sorry, that, that he really creates by re-signing, you know, mm -hmm. um, it keeps really the core of the team together. And that allows the team to go out and, and grab these uh, star-studded free agents that are willing to sign for less, you know, just to win a ring effectively. Um, so I think they're contenders, but I think what will put them over the top, as I said before, is that second wave, third wave of free agency, where I think they can probably uh, snipe some of those high-regarded players that are willing to take a one-year deal and, and really just be part of a, uh, you know, a winning team. So, um, so, but definitely contender. Yeah, no, I'd lose all credibility if I didn't say that Tampa Bay Bucks are contenders again. No, they're my division, so you know that that doesn't really give me any joy in yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I can't, I can't allow myself to be such a homer that I, right. I would come and say they're pretenders, but, you know, right. we have to say contenders for what? Absolutely. So this, they're going to start the season as the odd makers favorite to repeat as the champs in the NFC South. That's, yeah. a, that's a given. They have the most stability yeah. of the entire division. Yep. And as you said, there is the Brady effect because players are going to want to come and play I think so. with Brady. Definitely. Definitely. I think yeah. that that's what you're going to be looking at ultimately. Correct. Um, so I think they're going to be right back in a mix. And I think you look at the games they tend to lose. I mean, it's it's really nail-biting affairs where it comes down to a, a play or two. That, you know, I mean, just really he plays, that team is going to be playing at, at a very high level. So to say, as you said, to, to, to say that they're pretenders would, would really uh, subtract from our credibility, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no that's, that's good. Now, the thing is, though, um, they still do have some weaknesses and they have some stuff that yeah. they have to address. Yeah. Their secondary yeah. was banged up for the majority of the season. And yeah. their offensive line, they've just lost one. I don't remember what position he plays, but he retired. So they, they have some work to do to rebuild yeah. those areas. And I will say, honestly, they do have a shot to come out of the NFC altogether. But there is no... As much as I said that they are contenders, there is yeah. no way... Ken, the Saints fan, is putting them in the Super Bowl, let alone winning it in March. No way, no how. So, contender, Tampa Bay, but as I always say, hopefully, if they do make it, if they do win the division, they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> no. As Tampa, as Tampa, we're talking yeah. about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah of wow. course. I want wow. them. I want them out as early as possible. Wow, 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 wow. Somebody wow. from my division has to make it to the playoffs. And if it's not me and it's going to be them, they could come back home or work every weekend. I don't mind that. So again, we're we're talking about new contracts for Chris Goodwin, uh, Carlton Davis, Ryan Jensen, Leonard Fournette. You know, all of these guys are coming back, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they even filled a need at guard, right, by trading for Shaq Mason. So, I mean, for me, I... I'm. I'm just saying, it, they've been working, right? Mm -hmm. they, they've been, even the wideout. They they signed a new guy by the name of Russell Gage, right? So I mean, for me, I, mm, I, this all happened. It all cascaded after Brady signed his signature. Everything I just called out, mm -hmm. right? So, and 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 remember, 
he's a legit replacement for Antonio Brown. So yes. for me, I just don't see that first round exit <laughs> happening. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Last year, they made a whole lot of, there was a whole lot of um, talk about them returning pretty much, well, the entire starting units of both the offense and the defense from right. the Super Bowl. And then players started dropping on their face. I said from the beginning that I didn't think that them returning all of these players would have made that great of a difference because right. there's always attrition in an NFL season. Right. Players always get hurt. And then they got knocked out. Well, it wasn't, well, carried weekend. They got knocked out on divisional weekend by the then champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Good for right. them. But that's just my personal wish that, if they have to get to the playoffs, <laughs> that they get knocked out as early as possible. You know, I, I see it when you say it, but I, I don't see the conviction, you know, when you say it, right? I, I, I see it, but I could tell you, you know, you it's it's a wish, you know, but, uh, you know, I, it's, it's really a deep wish that, you you know, you're shooting for the stars at this point. <laughs> well, we'll see. We have to wait and see how the rest of the playoffs shape up because Definitely. matchups, matchups are what you're makes right. a difference. You're right. Absolutely. Especially in the NFL. Especially cool. in the NFL. No, from a quarterback to a wide receiver who AJ and others consider to be, if not the absolute best wide in football, one of the best, and that is Devontae Adams. After it was confirmed that Aaron Rodgers was returning to the Green Bay Packers with a new three-year deal in tow, the bombshell dropped. Adams was on the move to the Las Vegas Raiders, reuniting with his old college roommate and quarterback, Derek Kerr, and earning the largest contract for a wide receiver in the league. Five years $140 million, $65.6 million guaranteed with a $19,250,000 signing bonus. Interestingly, in this situation, the Packers matched the deal for Devante, but he basically said, nah, I'm good, and left Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for pastures new. All right, so first, we look at the Packers, who got back a first and a second round pick in this year's draft. Packers, contender or pretender? This is a tough one. Yeah, this um, is your division, though. This, this is a tough one. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. You know what? That is such a huge loss. I would say pretenders this season. Mm. I'd say pretenders, but it may be some bias in there. But you know, I say that because you're looking at a guy that. How many yards did he have this season? 15, 1,500 yards, um, if, if I'm correct here. Um, uh, he he probably had uh, second most touchdowns in his career a year uh, this year. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's really hard to, to, to put in words the loss that they just suffered. Now, he may have... Um, a good reason for leaving and multiple reasons, right? You could say one, the weather, um, because you're you're signing for more money. You're moving to Los Angeles, effectively. Las Vegas. Las actually. Vegas, sorry. Mm -hmm. Las Vegas, sorry. Um, uh, you're you're going to a town that has, you know, basically a lifestyle in itself. You know, mm -hmm. it's branded on the lifestyle, and you're leaving a place that really is is, I mean, in the middle of nowhere, right? Green Bay. Uh, it's not the largest market. Uh, it's a well-respected team, 
with a well-respected legend of a quarterback, one of the best to, to play the game. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately he has, there was just too much, uh, you know, with that team, you look at what was going on with Rodgers over the past two seasons, really, and beyond mm-hmm. that, uh, him finally s- signing that, what, $151 million contract yeah. um, and, and uh, you know, coming back. I, th- I don't think that was enough. I just think that he saw, uh, you know, really a way to compete, stay competitive and go to a market that's really developing fresh but established in terms of its culture mm-hmm. and um i think i would agree with his move i think it was a good move i think it was a, a move that's going to build on what he's done so far you know and you look at that trade i mean not trade but you looked at you look at his him leaving and his numbers especially right mm-hmm. um it's trending in the direction of 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 him beating those stats that he set last year it just depends on can his quarterback produce can his offense offense produce for him with the plays needed for him to generate that type of offense and i think um, my expectations for him is that he's going to blow it out of the park i think he's going to have that stability that confidence and i think you're looking at maybe anywhere from 13 to to maybe 1600 yards i think I think you're looking at just as many touchdowns. I think you're looking at maybe less on the touchdowns because now you're not sure on if, I mean, not everybody's Aaron Rodgers, right? Not everybody can generate that level of offense. So I think you're going to be looking at maybe maybe the same amount of yardage, but I think you're going to be looking at maybe maybe a little bit less in terms of the touchdowns. But, you know, it's a brilliant take. I think... Um, I don't think the, the Green Bay is going to be a, a contender per se. You know, I, I, I just don't see that. So what about Vegas then? Do you think the Vegas Raiders are going to be contenders or pretenders? You know, I think, I think definitely he elevates them to a level, right? I think um, the problem is it's a stacked AFC conference, man. Mm-hmm. You're asking some loaded questions here, man. <laughs> you know, you're asking some loaded questions. Um yeah, I the AFC West is 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 completely loaded and I think I'm going to have to go with contender contender. I I, yeah. I think I think contender definitely. Okay. Yeah, I I think contender. So um I think you have to give it to them. I think the only team that I can I think there, there, here's why I say this, right? Here's why I say this. And there's a lot to unpack here. Again, these are questions that you have to layer out, right? Mm-hmm. I think the Chargers are going to have uh, a mental lapse, I think, going into this season. I don't think you see the same team. Um, I think the team that they're going to have to be competing with from the very get-go, I think, is going to be the Chiefs. Um the Broncos, while they're assembling a team that you can respect, um, I don't think they are going to be in the top two in the AFC West. I'm going to make that prediction. Uh, so I think it's going to be down to the Raiders versus the the Chiefs. And, you know, it, for me, it, it's a difficult question, right? Because we're splitting hairs here. But I think ultimately... Um, I think really you're going to be looking at a two-horse race here in that in that uh, conference. 
Okay. That that's my take on that. So I think definitely I'm gonna go with contenders. Okay. All right. So I'll I'll cycle back and then I'll yeah. come forward. Yeah. So sure, sure. For the Parkers, the Parkers, I I've noted that the Parkers are always a contender in your division. Your division really and truly is not very strong. Yeah. 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 To to put no. it mildly, your division is not very strong. It's horrible at the moment. It's yes. it's just horrible at the moment. Yeah. But the, the the thing about the Parkers is that and Justin of hashtag this just in he might not like this one very much but honestly we really can't consider the Packers to be seriously contending in the wider nfc they've been proven to be pretenders more so than anything else yeah I, they've I been to the super bowl yeah. just one time with yeah. the bad man that is aaron Rodgers, and they just yeah. traded away their best receiver for picks that they have habitually not used to upgrade yeah. Rodgers's offensive weaponry. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Malik Taylor, Amari mm-hmm. Rodgers. They aren't going to get it done over the course of a course of a 17-game season. And A.A. Rod has shown his reticence to trust rookie receivers. At this point, I think it's safe to say that the Packers are still the class of the NFC North, but the distance between them and the Paul Hosts of the conference just got wider, in my opinion. Yeah. So then Vegas. Yeah. No, for me, and this may surprise you, but at this point, I really can't put Vegas as anything but a pretender. Yeah. They have a new head coach, a new key piece in the offense, and yeah. they are in the toughest division in all of football. Yeah, they are. They are. So they haven't shown anything as shown us anything yet. So how then do we elevate them all the way up to being contenders? And I personally believe that of the four teams that are in the AFC West. Yeah. The Raiders have the fourth best quarterback of the four. And while between them and the Chargers, you may be able to quibble about whose roster is not as good as the other. I honestly see the Raiders in on the 22nd of March as we're recording this. I see the Raiders possibly being the fourth team in the division. Now, you made mention of the Denver Broncos, wow. yeah. who they also went out, and they made a big move themselves. Yeah, they, they made brought a big Russell move. Wilson to, yeah. in a trade with the Seahawks, and they gave up Norfolk, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, as well as a boatload of picks. Yeah. Now, we know that the Seahawks aren't contending for anything but a top half pick in the next draft. Correct. So then is Den- Denver. Now, you said that the Denver Broncos, you see them basically as pretenders because they're going to come below both the Chiefs and the Raiders. Now, I also believe that the Broncos may be pretenders as well, but I'm more optimistic about them than I am of the Raiders. The Broncos are a much more complete team and their offense has more weapons even if they lost their best tight end in the trade. But when you look at Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, those are an excellent core to build around. They're all young, they have great upside, and they are fantastic targets for Russell Wilson. Plus the fact that he can run will also help to open up lanes for Javante Williams to run coming this season. Now, the concern that you must have for Denver is their offensive line. And they don't have a lot of draft capital to address it because they just basically give away all of it to get Russell Wilson in the building. But their line is better than Seattle's was. And hopefully it should give Wilson enough time to work. But this division is a gauntlet. Their yeah, four top is. quarterbacks, 
four very good pass rush, pass rushing tanners up and down that will give any offensive coordinator fits. Yeah, I believe yeah. that the Broncos can make some noise, but before I can put them as contenders, they have to do it, especially in this division. So, so where do you where do you have them placing in their division ultimately? I have the Broncos. I actually believe that the Broncos could come second in the division. I have okay. the division going to Kansas City Chiefs because until someone knocks them off, yeah. you can't take yeah. them off at number one. Right. The Broncos right. have the potential to come second in division. The Chargers, they have a very good young quarterback who can make things happen going forward. So I put them third. And then the Raiders are fourth, but I mean, when you look at this division, somebody has to come forth. And to come forth in this division, it will feel you will not feel good about it, but you can't feel too bad because you can't feel bad. The, you can't feel bad. Look it's at the competition stacked, around you. Stacked, stacked. No, you, you have to credit um George Payton for what he did, right? You you yes. have to give him credit. Um if you're a fan of that team, you're not gonna be upset by what's happening. Um those picks that he gave up are well worth it. Um, and I think Russell Wilson is the type of quarterback that you drop him in. He's mature enough to execute at the highest level right away. I don't think he's going to have issues there. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't debate with you on you saying that they would be above the Raiders. I think there's enough evidence there to suggest that you know it's a it's a team readily made to to perform and given the qb that they acquired i don't think there's going to be much of a settling in period mm-hmm. you know this this is a mature level qb that's coming in with a lot of experience it's not a hunch you're going mm-hmm. on he's proven so True. i think with the talent around him he's he's going to perform um i i just i just you know in a way the raiders are like a wild card in my mind mm-hmm. and i just think that uh you know, I, I, some, I, I couldn't debate. I just don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I just think when I look at the layers, I, I think they have enough talent on that roster to really perform. But I wouldn't take a bet up to say that they would outperform the Broncos. You know, I wouldn't take a bet on that. So that's a good point. That's a very good point uh, that you made there. Um, no, no, it's it's interesting, right? Because, uh, you know, in, in reading up on the situation with Russell um, Wilson, he actually met with that team way back um, when they had, uh, you know, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually worked out and, and okay. got to speak with Peyton, et cetera, way back then. Um, and, and then, of course, brought a lot of disappointment to the fans out there for the Broncos, right? We know yep. how that, that worked out. But mm-hmm. um, so it, it's come front and center. I think he, if it's any quarterback they could have picked up, he was the right one. And I'm telling you, it stings a bit because... Last year, he was on the trading block. And I remember telling myself, Chicago, come on. Throw the boat at this guy. This is what we need. And, of course, it it didn't come to fruition. But, you know, man, to see him now go to another team. And if he does get to a point where he's in a Super Bowl, I mean, stuff like that is just painful to look at. Because he's another one that you just wonder about that uh you know what could have been you know but uh yeah Agreed. no no definitely mm-hmm. so now we, we head back to my division the <laughs> nfc south and my team 
actually, the New Orleans Saints, who have announced that Jameis Winston is returning as quarterback, not just for the 2022, but also the 2023 seasons. A two-year pact with $28 million overall and $21 million guaranteed. Now, after trying and failing to get Deshaun Watson, we run it back with famous Jameis. So, contender or pretender? Hmm. It's another tough one. The reason I say tough is because I, I, I'm going to say that they are, um, I'm going to say pretenders. I'm going to say that this year you end up with maybe, uh, you know, I, I say a 500 or you're either one game above or below 500, I think, um, with the team currently assembled. Um, it's key to note that this is a very early prediction. Yes. Um, I thought what the team did was, you know, in knowing that they weren't going to get Deshaun, I thought it was a smart play to resign him because you ended up with around, I think it's uh, 30 million in cap space, mm -hmm. right? And as a result, now you can actually go into that second wave we talked about and make some really good signings. That can change your season. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that can build upon what you had last season, right? And I think last season you ended up just above 500, right? Yeah, so, nine and eight. Yeah, and you were still second in your, in your in your conference, in your division. So, mm -hmm. um, so at the end of the day, I still think there's room for you to be in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. There's still room, but you know, it's the question is when we say a team is a contender, that means you know, it's not just about squeaking in. It's not just about falling in and playing mm -hmm. one game and out. It's being a legit threat. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I, I can't see that as currently constructed. Okay. I, I think they're going to have to add players within that second wave and, and try and, um, you know, build upon that. But it's impressive that they were able to open up a $30 million cap space because that allows you to sign some really good talent. So... Um, now, my question to you is, because I'm not aware, do you have any first-round picks going into this draft? Yes, we still have our first-round pick. Um, we are picking 18th overall. 18th, which is really good. So, for me, that that opens up a lot of options. Mm -hmm. You know, you could even, I mean, even if if it was the case that, you know, you didn't believe that Winston is, is really the way forward, right? Mm-hmm. You could still make a play at at number eighteen, right? Um, to where you sign a talent, or you can add to what you have. Now, my question to you is: What are your thoughts on on resigning Winston? Though, so I don't have a problem with resigning Jimmis. Um Okay. To to the question, contender, pretender, I would love to say contender. My heart yeah. <laughs> would would want to go in the route of saying that the Saints would be a contender. But we do have a lot of question marks about the team going into the season. We have lost a few key performers on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. Most notably Marcus yeah. Williams, who is now a Raven. And then Sh Sean Payton retirement is a, a huge blow to the offense. But Jameis coming back yeah. gives us continuity, which yeah. we might not have had otherwise because the majority of the coaching staff except for Peyton is pretty much yeah. the same as years past and right. Jameis knows this is going to be his third season in this system 
because he was the backup for Drew Brees in Drew's last season before he retired. Then he took over as a starter last season, and he was five and two. So he was he was actually you know making some things happen for us before he tore his ACL playing against the Buccaneers. I have a and, question. Did, sure. did you sign, did you re-sign your left tackle? No, he is, He no, it's not a left tackle, it's a right tackle, I think, that was... So is it Ter- oh, it's Terran, Terran right? Arm- Armstead. Yeah, yeah, Armstead. So, so did he, he has gone to the Dolphins. Wow. But there was a lot of talk coming into the offseason that wow. he was most likely going to be allowed to walk because his play has been not what it has been um, okay. in seasons past. Okay. And he's also had some injuries problems over the last two seasons. Okay. So okay. There, there was a lot of conversation that chances are we would have let him go and try to get somebody younger, definitely somebody cheaper, because while we have worked our cat magic again, <laughs> we don't have money to pay him yeah, and everybody yeah, else yeah. as well. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that we let him go, honestly, of the because he's the second big loss that we've had. It was right, him and Marcus right. Williams. And of the two, the one I feel more significantly is the Marcus Williams loss, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. No, it's going to be interesting. So that that money really has to work some magic for them going yep. in to to be considered uh, contenders. Yes. No, definitely. no. That that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, yeah. No, no. I I would say for now, I I couldn't say contenders. I would say pretenders for now. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, yeah. The one thing that I I continue to hold my hat on, and AJ doesn't mm-hmm. like it necessarily because that's his guy, but. We swept the Buccaneers two seasons in a row. We beat them twice on their way to the Super Bowl. And we brought Brady's touchdown streak when we beat them 38-3 to at them. And then this season, we shot them out. We beat them at zero. So if my defense can continue to perform at that level, we can make some noise in the South. But I, I don't really see at this point how the Saints are going to be good enough to make a deep playoff run. Like, we can... Probably, especially if we get like the fifth seed, if we're like the best of the rest, we'll probably play whoever wins the NFC East because you know yeah. the East is always trash. So yeah. we'll yeah. probably play them. We could we could potentially beat the team that's that wins the East, but then who knows what happens past that? Yeah, no, no. Um, you know, it it, it should be interesting. Should be interesting to see, um, and maybe again, as you say, maybe matchups can work in your favor here. And yeah. you know, with the right signings, as I said, maybe you do become over time, over the course of the season, you do become um, a contender. Um, no, well, all the best. I know it can be a painful thing, man, but um, you know, good luck with the team. Appreciate it. So now, lastly, Matt Ryan, he was traded to the Colts <laughs> for a third round pick. The Falcons are going to be worse than the Seahawks, so we won't waste time <laughs> on them. But the Colts look like they were a quarterback away, and every year they're changing their quarterback. So yeah. continuity at that position doesn't seem to matter too much to them. So are the Colts no contenders or pretenders now that they have Matty Ice under center? Yeah. Um, this is this is interesting. Um I think he makes them better because you're looking at a guy that has thrown 4,000 yards, um, 10 out of what the last 11 or 12 seasons, I think. So somewhere around there, 
but and and he did it without he came close without Julio Jones and and Ridley right um to doing it again um and you know I think he did it with like a rookie tight end in Kyle Pitts and a few other players that really you couldn't even name um so this is a guy but how old is he at this point that's another thing not everyone he's 37 mm-hmm. and I think ultimately um you're asking a lot with this team to 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 produce what's needed to actually be considered a contender um i'm going to say um you know i i'm going to say pretender i'm going to say pretender i think he wins some games i think he puts on a show for the fans i think he makes them competitive but I, I, there's evidence to suggest that his game has slipped over the last few seasons, mm-hmm. you know, and I think honestly, um, he, he's a good, you know, for, for what he is, what is he, right? He's a good pocket passer. He's going to give you, you know, a lot of yardage, but I, I just don't see him carrying that team the way that people are expecting him to. I think not everybody's a Brady. Not everybody's that guy that you're going to bring in and immediately you're going to be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a wonderful talent. I think it's the right move, especially if you want to electrify your fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be excited too if he was coming to Chicago. Um, but I just don't see that transpiring or translating into a Super Bowl win or a Super Bowl berth for that team. Um, that's that's my take. I'm gonna say pretender. So I almost feel like if you've been looking at my notes, because I have here that Matt Ryan <laughs> is is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Yeah, or at yeah, least he, is. He, he, is. he is. At least he used to be. Because yeah. Yeah. this is still I don't even know what year, but he's been around for a while. Absolutely. And he also, if we're being honest, he has not been considered to be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks no, for yeah. a few years. Yeah. I know he's going to a team, what works in his favor is that he's going to a team that he doesn't have to be great with to be successful. No, no, exactly. Yeah. He has one of the best running backs in football. Absolutely. Top 10 defense yeah. and a decent wide receiver room. Yep. You know, you know, there, there wasn't conversations sometime back. I don't, you should have heard it that, you know, they're asking, is Matt Ryan a Hall of Fame? Is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? No, it's on him. No, to showcase that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Like some people think that he should, that he's, you know, on his way to be. And in a week, AFC South, they're contenders in the AFC South. Yeah. But they're behind a few teams quite a few teams in the AFC, if we're being honest, before they yeah, can yeah, be considered yeah. contenders to win the AFC. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're absolutely. behind the entirety of the AFC West, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. They're behind the Bills. Yep. They're behind the Rivers and the Bengals. Yep. So that is now, what, seven, eight teams? And then they still have Roughly. the Titans to contend with. So they're they're like yeah. the 10th best team in the AFC at this point. No, you're... you're I. I would say you're you're absolutely correct on that assessment. I I cannot call them a, uh, a a contender at this point. You just look at the team makeup. I you you have to respect what was done there. I think mm-hmm. it's the right move, but I I just 
can't, it, it's just matchups. And I just think if, when you look at that entire conference, as you pointed out, I just don't see them being high enough there to, to consider them a contender. It's, it's just, yeah, it wouldn't be the right call there, I think. I agree. Yeah. So that now completes all of my contender or pretenders. And we wanted to give you, no, how to, an opportunity to bring one of the elements of the collective bargaining podcast to the Green Bears podcast. Now, there's something that you guys do that I did with you on your show called the Blind Resume, where you just gave me a bunch of stats and told me to pick who I was eliminating as we went until we settled on the number one player from my perspective as who I would have picked based on their resume. So right. now we wanted to give you an opportunity to bring that over to the Green Bay Force as well. Right. Um, so, so definitely on the Collective Bargaining Podcast, you know, we, uh, we look at, you know, a lot of the uh, sometimes legends of the game. We look at current players. Um, and what we would do is we would put out, um, you know, statistics out there on these players and what they've done without giving their names mm -hmm. and it's it's just a, an element that you know it tests really to see what really uh you know fans look for we know fans in our era look at statistics but sometimes statistics can give you the wrong impression statistics you know, tell they, a lot of lies. they they say they tell a lot of lies and ultimately, so I wanted to just bring a, a lighter version of this to, you know, to your podcast and uh, disclose um, some stats. I'm not going to call the players' names. These are going to be basketball players, of course. Of course. But, um, you know, you're going to try to tell me which one of these you're actually going to select. Now, what I would give you a clue on is all of these are legends. Okay. Okay. So all, all right. of these are legends. And um, so with that said, um, I'll take it away. Now I'm going to change this up a bit so as to hide some of the stats here. Okay. okay. So player A, all right, uh, has 1,982 three-pointers, right? Mm -hmm. um, has, uh, you know, in terms of his points, has... 31,560 points on the board has 11,489 rebounds mm -hmm. and 3,651 assists. Okay. Let me know if you need me to repeat that. Okay. Um, again, player, player A has 1,982 three-pointers. Mm -hmm. All right. He has... Uh, you know, in terms of points, he has 31,560 points and has 11,489 rebounds. And assists, he has uh, 3,651 assists. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, you're going to give the points, three-pointers, uh, rebounds, and assists. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, player... Number two, uh, or B, um, has, uh, in terms of three-pointers, has 22 three-pointers. Okay. Has, <laughs> <laughs> has 2,000, 
28,596 points has 8,890 rebounds. All right. And sorry, 13,099 rebounds and 3,026 assists. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you player C. Um, uh, now, player C has, uh, in terms of three-pointers, has 1,778 three-pointers. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, uh, 581 three-pointers. Okay. Okay. To correct that. So I'm sorry about that. No problem. Um, has, in terms of points, um, his points total is 32,292 points. And rebounds has... 6,672 rebounds and assists 5,633 points. How would you rate these players? Process of elimination. Who would you get rid of first? Player A, B, or C? Mm. No, this is hard. So, player A has the most three-pointers of the lot of them. Yeah. Player B has the most rebounds. So I'm, I would assume that player B is a center. Okay. An old-school center at that for, 22, okay. for only 22 three-pointers in his entire career. <laughs> he can't be anybody in this modern era and have just those few number of three-pointers right right oh boy this is a tough one yeah all right so i think by process of elimination i'm going to eliminate player c then three <laughs> player three player three has to go first because okay i'm i'm looking at it and i'm seeing that player one has the most points Okay, okay. But player two has the most rebounds and taking error into consideration. Okay. I'm going to give player two the edge over player three. So player three has to be the one to go first. Okay. Okay. Player three goes first. Um, uh, so I'm not going to call the names yet. Okay, um, but but uh, <laughs> he, it's still interesting. It, it's going to make you laugh when you hear who you eliminated. But um, oh. you know, um, who who are you going to you know uh, cut next? Okay, so just remind me again of player one's rebounds and assists. Okay, so player one, his rebounds were ten thousand and twenty-one. Sorry. Uh, 11,489, and his assists were 3,651. Um, player B uh, was 13,099, and his assists were 3,026. Now, oh, this is tough. Because, again, like I don't necessarily want to penalize player two right for era right because he hasn't really shot any threes but yeah. the rebound numbers now are a lot closer 
right. between players one and player two. And then the assist numbers are higher for player one as well. And the points are also higher. Yeah. The only thing that player two has above player one is the rebounds. Right. So player two would have to be the next one to go. Player one would have to be the, the winner. Okay. In this case. Okay. All right. All right. So you're ready to hear who you eliminated? Yep. Let, lay it okay. on me. Let me hear. Okay. So player C, you eliminated Sir Ernest, Michael Jordan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. You know, and that just shows how, you know, when you're just looking at stats, you know, yeah. without context, it, it shows like, you know, you really cannot rely on it mm -hmm. by itself. Player two. You were you our player one you eliminated was Dirk Nowitzki. No, I, I said um, player one was the winner. Player one was the okay, so you okay, so you took player one. Mm -hmm. Well, you eliminated Shaquille O'Neal. I had a mind that, that I had a mind yeah. player two with Shaq. When he saw 23 pointers, I was like, yep, yep. that probably is a Shaq or somebody like that. That, that was Shaq, and mm -hmm. um, you know, so you you pretty much had Dirk as as the winner there, and you know, it's Dirk has a lot of good stats. I mean, when you yes. look at his games, he played quite a lot of games, but also, too, he put up a lot of buckets. So mm -hmm. his points, rebounds, et cetera, even though he wasn't scoring later on, he was still picking up some rebounds. So he was able to really um, get up on that list in terms of the rebounding, too. Yeah. Um, but definitely, um, you know, Jordan, yeah, Jordan was one of those to go. You know, he had 32,292 uh, points. Mm -hmm. And, you know, had, I would say, you know, fair enough. Remember, you know, for me, Jordan didn't really play that long, right, compared yeah. to some of the other stars. So some of his stats don't really convey his true greatness. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, man. Yeah. It's like, as you said, because, you know, Jordan had two retirements in his career. Absolutely. And those two retirements could have been considered to be like, in the prime of his career. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the the fact that his counting numbers are not going to be as high as let's say yeah a LeBron James who yeah, has been yeah, yeah. around forever and Absolutely. has hardly been injured Absolutely. then that you have to take that into consideration and you do you do Jordan's greatness his dominance goes outside of the numbers that we yeah, were just you, looking at you definitely cannot slouch um you can't you can't critique Jordan for what he's put on the table you know um because in that compressed schedule of his, he put together one of the greatest, if not the greatest resume that you can ever put together in a game of basketball. So mm -hmm. he has to be in the conversation for GOAT. Doesn't happen to be mine, but, uh, you know, I, I still loved him as a player and I, I, I refuse to, uh, to knock him down to put another player up. But, um, you know, I, I just think from the eye test and the things I've seen, Mm -hmm. I just think the most complete player I've seen is LeBron James. I, I just, there's there's not a better player that I've seen. I don't have to see how many titles you've had. I just look at what's going on in the court and what I see some, the things that that guy's doing, I didn't see Jordan doing. Um, and I compare them both and I just think one is more complete. It's an opinion that's debatable because we're splitting hairs. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we shouldn't be comparing them. Different eras, different levels of greatness. So yeah. Um, but they're both great. 
Um, and, um, you know, it, it's just amazing that we have guys that can still be at that level, still playing today. Mm -hmm. So incredible. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have to appreciate the yeah. era of basketball that we're in right now Absolutely. because there's there are so many good players all throughout the league. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost every team has a player that you can, you know, hang your you can, hat on and say, I'm yeah. going to follow this player. Yeah, and his yeah. And that's never been the case before. Cool. You haven't had that many, you know, you look at Joel Embiid, you have Jokic, you have all these guys, that you, you have Kevin Durant, you have LeBron James, you have all playing at a high level, all playing at levels where if it's the right night, they can beat each other, you know? So mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing. So I think you really have to see that the games evolve, the players and the talent um, available to the league. Um, they're smiling right now because it's grown, you know, it's yeah. grown. So mm -hmm. yeah, in all fairness, maybe we just shouldn't be comparing, you know, we should just be respecting and enjoying the game that we love. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, but yeah, when it comes to the, the debate, I, I I tend to still get yanked in and, you know, try to defend the position. It's fun. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, in the grand scheme of things, I think, yeah, we have to respect all these guys at the top. It's it's amazing. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, that is a fantastic spot to land this week's episode of the Green Beige Podcast. Hotway, it was a pleasure indeed for you to join me tonight, today on the podcast. Um <laughs> As I said before, we will definitely have you back when AJ is here, so that Absolutely. we can go three wide. We may even bring logs back, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely, so that we definitely. Can go for them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Definitely looking forward to that, man. And you know, from my perspective, it was a pleasure, honor being on the show. Love the podcast, and you know, I wish you guys nothing but growth and the best going forward. You know, you guys are amazing, and. Um, definitely looking forward to you joining us on the other side as well to talk some basketball. Okay, appreciate it. Now, tell the folks where they can find you, what you've got going on before we get out of here. Absolutely. So, you can uh, check out actually two podcasts. So, you can check out the Collective Bargaining Podcast if you s search it up uh, on uh, Facebook. You can find our main group. We like to chop it up with the fans and ask questions, post stats, etc., start debates. Um, so you can definitely find us there by just searching the Collective Bargaining Podcast. You can find us on YouTube as well. Um, also on Twitter, Collective Pod, um, and also Collective Pod on uh, Instagram. But definitely, if you want to get in and involved uh, with us, search us up on Facebook and let's have a discussion. Um, also, you can search up the Life Trap Podcast, which is on every uh, platform out there if you want to hear me talk about life and some of the deeper aspects of the challenges that we as human beings face you know mm -hmm. join me on that podcast as well um thank you very much man thank yep, you that's that's beautiful so everyone again thank you so much for being with us here on the green beige podcast this week special guest filling in for the green mr hotway campbell and as Appreciate always it. i am the beige and we will see you next time Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Of course.